As the name of the podcast suggests, we'll delve deep into step one of leadership. Normally, people talk about step two of leadership more often than step one. Step one of leadership is leading yourself and step two of leadership is leading others. Now, many people are in pursuit of step two of leadership, leading others, before mastering step one of leadership, that is mastering self-leadership. And there lies all the defeat. This is like building level two of your house without the foundation of level one. So I'll extensively talk about self-leadership today. We are always mesmerized by media stories, success of Facebook or demise of DHL, or how Elon Musk rewrote the history of mechanical engineering. And when I listen to these stories, I get goosebumps and inspirations. But when I look back at my life, I always find myself very unconnected to to these stories. I find myself in a position of not having the resources these self-made people had and the plot of my lesser life takes cover. I cannot reveal myself beyond the point I currently am and at one point all these success stories becomes a painful judgment that inspired me initially now tortures me to the core of my being. I'm sure you are in the same situation as me. We like to be inspired, motivated and influenced. That's what makes us human beings, right? The reason we seek inspiration so much today is why the motivational talks sell so much. Motivational industry is about a multi-billion dollar industry. But I see that motivation only changes the motivator financially. But not often the ones who seek motivations and mostly pay for it. They teach us what, but always fall short of teaching us how to. The biggest mistake that we do in our journey of growth is that we seek resources and unfailingly compare ourselves with those that have resources. So what happens then is we find ourselves smaller, weaker, incompetent, right? The issue is not about resources. The issue is always about our resourcefulness. Resources are external, like having wealth or being born in a richer country or having gone to a better school or having had a better family, yeah? These are resources and undeniably having these resources will better position you to achieve things faster. So these resources are advantages, but not requirements. Resourcefulness is a requirement. Being poor is a situation or being abused or being born in a third world country or being sent to an ordinary schools are situations, events of our lives, the truth of our lives, if you want to call it. But strangely, these situations have nothing to do with what you have to achieve. Being poor or being abused will not determine your future. They don't have the capacity to determine your future. But how you use them determines your future. So being poor or being abused, being hurt are simply the situations of your life. And how you use them makes you a leader. So a situation is a situation. God-fearing, we don't want to be poor or less resourceful. But if we are, then we need to learn how to use it. Your heart is broken or you have no money on your, or, or your life has other challenges. Now, how are you going to use them? How are you going to use your pain? How you use this situation of life will determine your leadership. Step one, remember that. 42 years ago, on October 13, a group of 45 people flew from Uruguay to Chile. These were a group of rugby players and their family And while crossing the Andes, the Mount Andes, the plane crashed. The Flight 571 crashed in the mountain of Andes and split into three parts. Passengers seated in the head and the tail part of the plane all died. But luckily, the one seated in the middle section survived. But survival doesn't always mean reward. 
at an altitude of 12,000 feet, slowly many of the survivors succumbed to death. The temperature at the night fell to minus 30 degrees. Nando Pareto was one of the passengers who survived but had received blows in his head that broke into three pieces, went in coma and woke up after three days. He later on went to write his book, The Miracle on the Mountain, and is these people had never seen snow in their lives. Now, they were in the middle of this place covered with snow, limited food supply, and they scrapped off the plane. Remember step one? They used what they could. They had two options, literally. Either surrender to the forbidding cold or use their situation and things around them to attempt survival. You know what they had as their food supply? Eight chocolate bars, a tin of mussels, three jars of jam, a tiny almond, uh, a tiny tin of almond, a few dates, candies and some bottle of wines. Oh, that, that's all they had. And do you know how many days they had to survive? 72 days. Now you'd ask how. Again, step one, use the situation, use the crisis, use the pain, use what you have. Nando Pareto in his book later says, our common goal was to survive. But when we lacked food, that was the end of our game. We had long since run out of the meagre pickings we had found on the plane. And there was no vegetations or animals life to be found around. After just a few days, we were feeling the sensation of our bodies consuming themselves just to remain alive. Before long, we would become too weak to recover from starvation. He goes on to say, we knew the answer, but it was too terrible to contemplate. The bodies of our friends and teammates preserved outside in the snow and ice contained vital life-giving protein that could help us survive. But could we eat them? For a long time, we agonized. I went out in the snow, prayed to God for guidance. Without his consent, I felt I would be violating the memory of my friends that would be stealing their souls. We wondered whether we were going to going to be mad even to contemplate such a thing, right? We, he had we turned into brute savages or was this the only sane thing to do? Truly, we were pushing the limits of our fear. The group survived by collectively deciding to eat flesh from the bodies of their dead comrades. Can you believe that? This decision was not taken lightly, but as most of the dead were classmates, close friends or relatives, Nando Pareto used broken glass from the aircraft wheelchair as cutting tools. He set the example by swallowing the first piece of the frozen flesh. Remember step one, use what you have. It's not about resources. It's always about being resourceful. I would like you to read the book, Miracle of Mount Endes. What a beautiful book this is. I would like you to give this book as a gift to, to your children, to, to whoever you care about. Because in many motivational seminars, we hear that speakers saying people to always be excited about their lives, remain happy, not to feel bad, move on, not to cry, not to self-pity and all these things, right? We inadvertently believe them. We come home with million promises, fired up. But when the real life kicks in, we find ourselves in the same vicious circle again. We feel bad for feeling sad, feeling unhappy, feeling the pain. We are constantly taught how to how to feel good. And we are constantly taught how bad it is to feel bad, right? We are constantly taught we should not feel unhappy, we should not feel sad or discouraged. And in these games of rules, we forget that we all are human beings. 
Our emotions are inseparable parts. We cannot not feel pain. We cannot not feel sad. These are our emotions. For God's sake, if we are hurt, if someone breaks our heart, we feel that pain. It's natural. Everyone feels that pain. But unfortunately, we are taught that we are not supposed to feel pain. We are not supposed to feel sad. We are not machines. We are human beings. God has given us emotions and intelligence. So here's the thing: it's okay to be sad. It's totally okay to feel bad. It's totally okay to feel pain. It's okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay. But what's not okay is to remain there. That's not okay. Now you have your share of pain. You have your share of disappointments, crises, challenges, betrayal. Now you cried. You felt bad. You, your life is painful. That's okay. Now what are you going to do with them? intelligence is not intelligence is about now how are you going to use that intelligence is not about not feeling the emotions intelligence is not about not feeling the pain not feeling sad or that's not intelligence intelligence is about feeling every emotions as they are and then using them that's intelligence use them your emotions your situation is your tool it's up to you how you're going to use them remember flight 571 the survivors had one thing in their hands crisis and they used it many of us deliberately try to control these thoughts and emotions and mostly this is the very part we get wrong remember the motivational talks now no matter how excited we get about changing our lives we are always anchored to our emotions right the opposite of control is acceptance it is not necessary to act on every thought and every emotions but responding to your ideas and emotions with open mind open attitude paying attention to them letting yourself experience them and identifying what values of yours are driving those emotions when you are experiencing them take deep breath notice what's happening in the moment please don't get me wrong this exercise won't necessarily make you feel good but what is going to do is you'll start paying attention to what thoughts make you feel bad what thoughts make you feel good the point i'm trying to make here is to examine where the thoughts are coming from what they are doing to you what actions would you probably take as a result of these thoughts and practice this every day now in this point you will start realizing that all your thoughts and emotions are really based on your interaction to the situation then the situation itself it's a point when you will realize that your life situation has nothing to do with your current state how you use them is the determinant and how have you been using them there is no such thing as failure there are only results results of how you use what you have why that is when people have the same level of pain and challenges in their lives some raise to the challenge and become unstoppable while other diminish and become suicidal same event same challenge same pain but why is it that some raise their gains and become significant while other reduce to the darkness we give so much emphasis on the event or situation but never to our values that makes us use them so it is never about the situation it is always about how we use them a folk tale but with a massive message this story we all have once in a lifetime we would have heard this story i'm going to tell you there was a father who would always come home drunk and beat his wife the two sons would hide themselves under the bed or inside a closet and witness this violence every day they were not strong enough to defend their mother so every day they would uh, hide themselves when the father beat their mother now they grew older now they are in the individual life setups one of the son grew up to be humble human being had a family raised kids and other son became darker and would hurt others and never had a family of his own when asked by people to each of these son about what changed their lives both would answer the exactly same the answer would be my father would come home drunk every day meet my mom 
we could not do anything but hide ourselves under the bed and watch the violence every day what do you expect me to be see same situation two different results you are the answer right it's not about the situation or a crisis it's always about how you use them to become resourceful effective self leadership our step 1 is being aware of our inner experience experiencing every emotions truly being truthful to every emotions truly experience them laugh if they make you laugh cry if they make you cry scream if they make you scream and now once you've done that with all your powers use them to change your life developing emotional agility is no quick fix even those who regularly practice the steps i've outlined here will often find themselves hooked but over time people who become increasingly adept at using the situation are the ones who are mostly likely to thrive so before anyone jumps to step 2 of leadership it is important that step 1 of leadership is mastered remember there is no such thing as a failure there are only results the results of how you use what you have thank you and have a nice day